Welcome to the Next Level Leaders Podcast with me, Dr. Joseph Walker. This podcast is designed to offer strategies and moving vision to reality. Leaders can expect to be mentored, inspired, challenged to succeed at the next level. So prepare to be exposed, empowered, and equipped for excellence. Thank you for connecting and allowing this space to become an opportunity for growth and collaborative learning. Now, let's go on this journey together and spark the change we wish to see in ourselves, our teams, and the world. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to Next Level Leader Podcast. I'm Dr. Joseph Juan Walker III, and I want to thank you so much for tuning in to this podcast. This is a place where we empower, inspire, expose you some of the greatest thought leaders, some of the greatest strategies, some of the things that we believe will make you the leader that we know you really are. We appreciate all of you so much for supporting this podcast, wherever you are supporting. And we encourage you to share, share it with someone. Please do that. We are on a mission to reach 100,000 subscribers. We have crossed with great intentionality over 50,000 subscribers. And we believe we can close this gap in the next few weeks. Also, follow me on Instagram at josephwalker3. Let me know that Next Level Leader is blessing you and it would really mean a lot. I appreciate all of you. Today, I want to dive headfirst into an area that I believe every single person can benefit from, uh, regardless of where you are in life. All of us have had to deal with the issue of rejection. Rejection is something that is difficult. For many of us, it sends us down a spiral emotionally based upon much of what we've experienced in our lives. I know for me, there are places that are still tender to the touch. When I think about moments that I was rejected, those moments are concretized in my spirit, in my mind. And as a result, they still play a role in much of what I do or don't do. The effects of rejection can be lifelong. And it's important for us to know how to recognize it, how to work through it, and how to use it for our benefit. You know, I'm a person who can be very transparent on this podcast about rejection. I was rejected, didn't have a date to the prom. That may not mean anything to you, but when you ask a person and they tell you no, then you end up being a social outcast as a result, can have some impact on your self-esteem. I was rejected. The first time I attempted to pledge my fraternity, rejected uh, in a variety of ways. And so all of us experience it. And I think whenever we experience rejection, it brings up issues about our, our worth, our value, because we often look for validation uh, at moments in our lives from other people speaking to our lives based upon acceptance. And when people don't accept us, what does it say about us? If I don't get the job if I'm not uh, you know, getting in the program. Was I good enough? Uh, what more do I need to do? Will I ever be good enough? These are the kinds of things that I think we all have to process. Rejection is defined as refusal to accept or consider or submit to or take for some purpose or to use it. And rejection happens in a variety of ways. I taught this in our church. And I, I want to share with you a little bit here because I think when you think about rejection, it can come in your life in a variety of ways. It can be unspoken. Some people can reject you without even saying one word to you. This is that kind of rejection that can be incredibly painful, right? Because it is often viewed as avoidance. It is viewed as 
being overlooked, people, you know, without saying a word, their actions often can create a level of rejection in our lives. You didn't get the interview. They didn't call you into the meeting. You didn't get invited to the party. These are unspoken ways in which uh, we experience rejection. There's also another way that's blatant, right? That's flat out, I don't want you, I don't like you, we don't want you here. That level of rejection creates trauma in our lives. It's difficult to bounce back from some of that. And uh, that level of rejection, blatant rejection, can leave everlasting wounds in our lives. Then there's that nicely worded rejection, right? That's that rejection that, well, I think you're such a great person. You know, you're just not a fit for this. You know, that's just one of those things that basically dresses up the rejection, but it still stings. Fact is, is that you're not the only person who's ever experienced rejection. You think about it for a moment. Any person who's a great leader in scripture has experienced rejection. Think about it for a moment. Moses experiences rejection. He has a great assignment. The assignment is clear. Go down to Egypt, tell Pharaoh, let my people go. What happens? He gets laughed out of Egypt. Pharaoh rejects the offer time and time again. After a series and succession of plagues, Pharaoh continues to reject Moses until that last plague comes. But it is those former rejections that play a role on Moses, have an impact on his life. Moses' leadership, right? I'm certain it's being called into question that I hear God properly. Am I, am I out here on my own? Then there is this Jeremiah rejection. Jeremiah experiences this because his assignment is to proclaim what God has given him to proclaim, and he has become a laughing stock. No one's listening. Years go by. Jeremiah makes his case to God. Your word has become a laughing stock to me. People are, you know, basically mocking me. And Jeremiah wants to give up. He wants to quit. He contemplates it because his rejection messes with his self-esteem, messes with his identity. And yet he comes to a place and says, but his word was like fire shut up in my bones. You ever thought about the fact that the apostle Paul was rejected? Paul was rejected on so many occasions after having to defend his apostleship. Paul is rejected. Mars Hill, they say much learning has made him mad. He is rejected by his own. Who, on many occasions, Paul finds himself persecuted in prison because his message, his mission is rejected. His apostleship is rejected. Then Jesus Christ himself experiences rejection to the degree that he goes to his own and they do not receive him. Uh, the Pharisees and the Sadducees are set on rejecting him, rejecting his miracles, discrediting his ministry. 
And the writer declares that the stone that the builders rejected becomes the chief cornerstone. I think it's important to understand some things, you know, because I think many of you who are out here trying to to make things happen in your life and you experience rejection, you'll find out that anybody who's ever succeeded, you know, has had some serious rejection or they've had to endure that rejection. And, you know, they've had to go through a lot of no's to get to a yes. We often think that the first, that the yes that they're walking in, now the first yes they're walking in was the first yes. No, it wasn't. It's just going through so many different no's, so many different rejections. And you have to have a sense of perseverance and endurance to go through that. You have to believe that what you have to offer, what you are bringing to the table matters and that the right person at the right time is going to connect with it and that it will actually make a difference in the life of somebody. You've got to believe that. You've got to truly believe that what you have to offer, what you are about to accomplish here, the business you're about to start, the expansion to your business, the graduate program, whatever you're trying to do, you got to believe that through the rejections, you've got to be determined to believe that it will still come to fruition. See, sometimes I believe rejection happens because rejection, watch this, oftentimes puts us in a place we have to trust. Trust God. It's simple. Do you really trust God? Does this reveal your level of trust in God? If you're being rejected, are you now saying, well, God, maybe it's never going to happen for me. Maybe this thing is never going to manifest. Or are you going to say, well, okay, God, you must have another plan for my life. There has to be a moment that if it doesn't work out the way in which you envision, you've got to believe that there is another plan. There's another way in which God wants to do it for you. And so as a consequence, you've got to trust the process and believe that it actually can happen. I am convinced that often God allows rejection to protect us sometimes. I want to park here for a moment because there are people who often lament relational rejection. People you wanted in your life at one point in your life and you didn't realize that the rejection was necessary to protect you from things that could have hindered your vision, hindered your life from moving at the pace in which God intended. So God disrupts certain relationships or allows rejection to occur to protect his investment in you. You think about there are people you were whining about and crying about, and now when you see them, you're like, whoa, God, thank you. Ooh, (laughs) thank you for allowing that to reject me because he sees farther up the road. What is God protecting you from in the rejection? Is that job that you thought you just had to have and it didn't work out? And what is God protecting you from? It was that program you thought you just had to get in. What is God protecting you from, right? Could it be something that could be detrimental to your destiny, something that could hinder or retard the progress of you achieving what you've set out to accomplish? I mean, ultimately, you got to trust the fact that God knows what he's doing in this process. And I often reflect over my life and I think about all the things that God must have been protecting me from. Things I thought I had to have or I had to do and they never panned out. And I'm thankful that they didn't because I know my life would have gone a different way and I would have never been able to reach and fulfill the potential and purpose by which God placed me in the earth. Rejection is so critical sometimes. He uses it to protect us. And so rather than be upset about it, You have to pause and just be thankful that this rejection has occurred in your life because maybe the person wasn't in a position to handle where 
God was taking you. Maybe that organization wasn't prepared for you yet. God does these amazing things and we keep growing and evolving and we have to see ourselves in the evolutionary process of always growing and maturing. And We're not going to be the same person we are 10 years from now. Today, you'll be a different person 10 years from now, different, different dreams and visions and different friends, surroundings and perspectives on life and things you're being rejected in right now may be protecting you. They may be God's way of saying, I got to surround you with my arms so that you don't mess up where I'm trying to take you. I have discovered that rejection creates this huge opportunity for introspection. If it's a pattern, perhaps it's something I'm doing wrong. But it also creates this idea that I must reflect upon my own life, my preparation, my focus, my maturity. Sometimes I have to look at it. It's not always the other person. It's sometimes it's me. Maybe my discipline, my focus. Maybe I'm the problem in this. And I'm not saying beat yourself up because when you get rejected, I'm saying if you're getting rejected in the same situations over and over again, maybe it's time to look at you. You can't hold down the job and maybe you have a pattern of poor work ethic or a pattern of not following through and that's followed caught up with you introspection is critical now right so that you can stop participating in your own rejection doors will open when you're prepared for them when there's a level of discipline and follow through this is the key and so it's important to be introspective and to think about that. Be very intentional about that. Don't play with that. Like literally be intentional about introspection and focusing in on what that must look like in your life. It's so important, so critical that you do that. I believe it's important also understand that sometimes God allows rejection for your direction. Sometimes your life wouldn't go in a particular direction if it were not for the rejection, right? Sometimes you wouldn't have pivoted when you needed to had it not been for the rejection. You would have still been going down that road and not the road you're going down now. You'd have never started the business, never gone back to school, never done the things you were supposed to do to get the house had you not experienced the rejection. That rejection motivates you. It inspires you. And I've learned to use it that way. I've learned to use every no as, a, as an opportunity to be inspired, to go greater, to realize, all right, you may have told me no, but I'm even more inspired now to accomplish what I know I need to accomplish. See, that's how this works. Ladies and gentlemen, you have to be willing rather than lament rejection, allow it to filtrate your life and consume your thoughts to say, wait a minute, maybe I'll use this as inspiration. Because what I have to do is I have to remember who I am. I have to remember who I am in Christ. As, as a believer, you got to know that you are a king's kid, you are a royal priesthood and a chosen generation. So you have to walk in that. You, you can't play with that. You've got to, as a leader, you've got to say, wait a minute, my identity is not shaped by anybody else's perception of me. So consequently, their rejection of me did not devalue me. It just meant they did not have a full scope of who I really was. And just because they don't know who I am doesn't mean I don't know who I am because I wake up every day confident in my own skin thanking God for what he has deposited in my life. Do you really know who you are? Do you understand that? You see, because it's important as you go through life and you think about 
the extraordinary things that God is doing in your life. Philippians 1 and 6 says that thing that God has started in you, he will perform unto the day of Jesus Christ. It doesn't mean you're not going to have rejection or setbacks. It doesn't mean that people are not going to mistreat you. What it does mean, though, is that the purposes by which God has placed you on the planet will come to fruition. Nothing will hinder that. The only thing that can hinder that is you. See, I know rejection is real. It is tough. I know rejection is real. It is tough. It is tough, tough, tough stuff. It's hard when you're out here trying to make a difference. You're trying to do things that are positive and people don't get it. I'll talk about that for a moment. When people just don't get it. How do you handle that? It's painful. When you're trying to sell the vision, you're trying to help people understand that what you're doing is not a self-serving agenda, but it's for the benefit of the whole, that if they would only embrace what you have been entrusted with, their lives and the lives of the community would be a whole lot better, but often people just don't get it. One of the favorite verses in the Bible for me is when the scripture says that men sat in darkness when light was sprung up and the darkness comprehended it not. That's the idea that people are sitting in darkness, right? And if you go to a movie theater and you're in the dark, eventually your pupils expand and before long you become comfortable in darkness. After a while, you know where your drink is, you know where your popcorn is because darkness now has become normative for light. Someone walks in from 12 noon into the dark theater, trip over your foot, the first thing you say is you can't see because the fact is you've made darkness normative. You've learned how to exist in darkness. And the fact is that you've got to realize that we live in a world that is literally normalized darkness. And the light that you bring, the revelation, the greatness that's in you often is being rejected by that. The way to make that happen is not to shine the light on the eyes that's been in that place, but to gradually recess it, which means that that is a process. See, because I must use my pain and then I must realize that there's a process by which I must educate and share with people what my plan and my vision is without throwing it down their throat. I learned this as a leader in my church early on. There were people who were rejecting the vision. It was so painful because I didn't know it wasn't the vision they were rejecting. It was my presentation of the vision. It was that I took like a flashlight and put it in the eyes of people who've been sitting in darkness for years without recessing the lights gradually to give their eyes a chance to adjust to the vision. In essence, you have to give people a chance to adjust to something fresh and something new versus shoving it down their throats. You get it now? If you're a leader in a corporate space and you've got a great vision, you have to make certain you understand people have been entrenched in a particular way of thinking. There's a certain ethos. There's a certain methodology. There's a certain way people exist in doing things. And you have to gradually help people understand versus coming in and saying, as a new sheriff in town, take it or leave it. Great leaders know how to methodically, systematically, and gradually share their vision so that it is not threatened by others. It doesn't mean that people may not reject it, but the fact is it's your responsibility to bring clarity. You bring clarity to it, you'd be amazed at what God will do with that. You'd be amazed at the allies that you will have when you share it with process and patience. 
Listen, it's so important for every leader to understand a critical principle about getting in the heart to people before you ask them to trust your hand. See, it's important because real leaders have to understand people have been operating in a particular way for years. Here you come with your bright ideas and then they're being rejected and you think they're rejecting you. People are looking for significance, trying to figure out where they fit in the change. They're trying to figure out how does that impact them and their legacy. Be very strategic, responsible to make certain gradually share with them. There's a system in doing that. Listen, folks, rejection isn't always bad. Sometimes rejection can lead to promotion. Sometimes the greatest seasons of your life will come on the tail end of rejection. Like Leah in the Bible, who was rejected by Jacob, who wanted her sister Rachel, has children with Leah until Leah names that son Judah which means praise. Now I know God, you're the one. She stops bearing children to please Jacob. She focuses attention on her original purpose by which God grants you fertility, Leah, for his glory and not for the glory of man. As a consequence, God has given you an opportunity to produce, not for your self-aggrandizement, but for the glory of God, that what happens in and through you should always be for God's glory. As a next level leader, I want you to understand rejection, though painful. Sometimes it's providential. Sometimes it is necessary to push us all into places that we ultimately would have never gone had not the rejection occurred in our lives. That's how it works, ladies and gentlemen. That's how a young boy from Shreveport, Louisiana, who experienced rejection without a prom date, ends up becoming an international presiding bishop of a reformation and a senior pastor of an extraordinary ministry, all because I used my rejection and shifted it toward God's direction for my life. And as a consequence, I did not allow the rejection to make me bitter, I made it make me better. I hope this has helped you today. I hope you will get up, brush yourself off, and say, let's go do this. Let's go accomplish it. Don't wait on the affirmation of people to accomplish what you know God has called you to do. Go do it. Make it happen. The world is waiting on you. I'm Dr. Joseph Juan Walker III. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of Next Level Leaders. Follow me at Joseph Walker 3. I would appreciate it. And share this with as many people as you can. We all experience rejection. But most folk who reject us have no idea that God will use it for our good. Joseph says, after his brothers had rejected him and left him for dead, the thing you thought evil against me, God meant it for my good. Trust me when I tell you, all of what you've gone through, all of what you've experienced, it will ultimately be proven that it was for your good. Thank you so much for listening. I pray you are empowered, you are inspired to keep going 
You got this. I pray for you. I pray God's blessings be upon you. Until we meet again. I'm Dr. Joseph Juan Walker III. We thank you. We hope you share with as many folks as you can. To God be the glory. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast. I want you to subscribe at iTunes, cpnshows.com, or whatever podcasts are downloaded. I also want you to follow me on Instagram at josephwalker3. I look forward to connecting with you.